welcome. Thank you for listening to Your Neighbor, a Priest, a podcast featuring commentary and theological reflection on local news and events in Southwest Washington and the larger themes that impact all of us as we wrestle with the challenges of life and in particular American life in the 21st century. I'm Father Nick Mather, Rector of St. Stephen's Episcopal Church in Longview, Washington. This episode is releasing nearly two weeks early, as the order of the world has shifted dramatically, and it's important to invite you today into a specific reflection around the theme I had planned on addressing during Holy Week, Resurrection. And before I begin, I want to take a moment to recognize the anxiety, the unknowing, the fear that has been present in our society these past few weeks. Today, I plan to directly address how we as a society and as neighbors must come together, even if not in person, during times such as these, and how resurrection points us in the direction we must be facing. I want to start our conversation today by sharing the following poem with you about resurrection. This poem is entitled Easter by Benjamin Allier Sainz. Mesilla, New Mexico, spring, 1962. My mother woke us that Sunday, her voice, a bell proclaiming spring, we rose, diving into our clothes newly bought. We took turns standing before mirrors, combing, staring at our new selves, sinless from 40 days of desert, sinless from good confessions, we drove to church in a red pickup, bright and red and waxed for the special occasion, clean, polished as apples, the yellow-dressed girls in front with mom and dad, the boys in back, our hair blowing free in the warming wind. Winter gone away. At mass, the choir singing loud, ragged notes from ragged angels' voices, ancient hymns sung in crooked Latin. The priest, white-robed, raised his palms toward God, opened his mouth in awe. Alleluia, the unspoken word of Lent. Let loose in flight. Alleluia, an incense, rising. My mother wiping her tears from words she'd heard. My brother and I whispering names of statues lining the walls of the church. Bells ringing. Mass ending. We running to the truck. Shiny as shoes going dancing. Dad, driving us to see my grandmother, there, at her house, I asked about the new word I'd heard, resurrection. Death. Death, she said, her hands moving downward. The cross, that is death. And then she laughed. The dead will rise. Her upturned palms moving, moved skyward as she spoke. The dead will rise. She moved her hands toward me, wrapped my face with touches, and laughed again, The dead will rise. I enjoy this poem because of the instantly relatable imagery of an Easter morning when one's Sunday best is polished just a little bit more, where the worship after 40 days of desert gives way to ragged notes from ragged angels' voices, ancient hymns sung in crooked Latin. There's a palpable sense of jubilation, of ecstasy in releasing the first Alleluia, 
trip to grandma's to be with family, to share in this special day of celebration, and the honest question of a child, what is resurrection? Laughter. Laughter because of the joy that comes in the answer, the dead will rise. A lasting imprint on a young boy, an Easter never forgotten because of a connection to resurrection. I think before we can launch into how resurrection impacts us here and now, it's important to define what we mean with resurrection, what it means when grandma laughs, the dead will rise. Resurrection is a word like any other in the English language that has come to exemplify a variety of realities that depart from its original or at least its most famous meaning. At its very root, resurrection means to rise again. This is why it is appropriately used, perhaps most blatantly, when we speak of celebrities or athletes who resurrect their respective careers with a defining performance or a shift to a new way of understanding how they react within their given profession. And this does give us powerful imagery. It paints the picture of someone who has come back from the brink of non-existence to the forefront of the story once more. This concept of resurrection, then, is reinforced in our minds, in our cultural understanding. But does it do enough to speak to the resurrection that has stuck with us for 2,000 years? Does it capture the totality of awe and wonder of the profound, reality-altering appearance of Christ three days after his death? What does it mean to experience resurrection here, now, in our daily lives? particularly over these past couple of weeks and stretching out into the future for who knows how long. We are challenged with what it means to come together, to gather as neighbors, to be connected with one another as terms like social distancing have become the way of life, where recommendations and requirements to shelter in place to avoid a virus, recommendations and requirements to simply not gather at all as a means of protecting one another and the most vulnerable in our community are our new shared reality. I myself could get the coronavirus and odds are quite good that it would be a minor inconvenience, but as a priest and as a neighbor, there are so many people in my community, in our community, that I'm concerned about, that are at high risk, that cannot take a laissez-faire attitude to it all. How can I bring a sense of hope, of security, of God's promise to someone that is isolated from the world for their own safety? How can the knowledge of resurrection reach them today? And knowing the reality that resurrection still happens even in a time of global pandemic, it is becoming more and more clear that as a church community, we will not be able to physically be with one another on Easter Sunday, that day that we commemorate the resurrection story of Christ. But even though we're not able to gather with our full community, resurrection still happens. This is the reality of God, really. God still happens. No matter what we experience in this creation, no matter the pain and anger, the joy and elation, the apathy and malaise, the social distancing and sheltering in place, God still happens. God still happens for us because of the resurrection of Christ. 
God is ever ready to be with us, to reach out to us, to let us unburden all of our baggage, all of our brokenness, all of our blame and anger, our fear and anxiety onto God. And even after all that, God is still ready to welcome us in with open arms, with love for us. For that is the promise of resurrection, that love triumphs over everything else, that God's love can overcome anything we throw at it, even the torture and death of God's only son at the hands of God's own creation. Now, I think it is fair to say that most of us, especially most that are willing to listen to this particular podcast, are searching for a connection that is deeper, searching for a connection to something that is transformative, that speaks to our soul, that fills us and lets us know that we have a place, searching for the comfort in knowing that something or someone is always constant, no matter where we are in our life, no matter where we are in our faith, no matter where we are in our relationships, no matter our level of boredom when we've become fully saturated from binge-watching on the couch, there is one thing in this world, in this creation, that remains constant throughout. I think the state of searching is why understanding resurrection is so important. I think this is why understanding our connection and expectation of resurrection is so important to our own experiences of this world that we call our home. One of the interesting things about being a priest is the presence of what is known in the church world as C and E-ers. That stands for Christmas and Easter church attenders. Now, most folks who quote-unquote only attend church on Christmas and Easter do so for one of two basic reasons. They're with family, and it's an expectation or tradition or even both, or it simply is part of their lived experience of that specific holiday, and why change it now? But I think that somewhat dismissive understanding of their attendance does a disservice not only to them, but to the church as well. Now, we might not pack people into the pews every Sunday like they used to 60 years ago, but we live in a different time and in a different culture, and particularly during the time of coronavirus, an entirely different time and culture. But we, we do live in a time when people could very easily choose not to come to church on Christmas or Easter, even when there is a sense of familial obligation. And yet, in a typical year at Easter especially, we see double or more the number of people who otherwise come to church on a given Sunday. And why? What is so powerful about this one Sunday in particular that draws them in? Resurrection. Specifically, the fact that this is the day above all the other Sundays that we remember Christ crucified, died, risen. Because of this being the day of resurrection, there is a sliver of hope, a sliver of acknowledgement, a sliver of understanding that even if we don't quite know where we stand on the whole belief thing anymore, in this one day, the love of God for the creation of God is made abundantly clear. And as it happens season after season, year after year, we come to know that this resurrection always happens. Because God always happens. Because God's love for creation is always present, always available, always ready to embrace us once more. 
leaning into this stability, leaning into this knowledge that resurrection will happen once more on Easter Sunday, whether it's in a church with five people or 500, whether it is done virtually while in quarantine or in a joyous gathering of the people. This has given me the energy to continue working towards that day, even in the face of uncertainty and anxiety and the fear of not knowing. So how do we access resurrection? How do we access the reality of resurrection, always occurring, always present, always available? We access resurrection through one another. When we come together as a community to support one another, to care for one another, to be concerned for one another and work to ensure that we do our best to be aware of one another and the unique needs we all have, we are living into resurrection. This looks like reaching out to the most vulnerable of our neighbors simply to check in and make sure they are prepared and taking precautions as necessary. And this includes doing this during non-pandemic times as well. Resurrection looks like Christian churches joining forces to sponsor and operate a severe weather shelter for our unhoused neighbors. If you listened to the first episode of this podcast, and if you haven't yet, you should, you heard from Pastor Liz Carney talking about how through all of the perceived differences between our local churches and our approaches, not just to faith, but to this issue of people experiencing homelessness, we were able to come together because we all believe the same basic tenet that Christ died for our sins and in his resurrection established a movement that directs us time and again back to his teachings, which when we put simply are love God, love your neighbor, especially the least of these. Resurrection, that unique experience of emotion, of promise, fulfillment, of unexpected life, of awe, draws us together as one to live into a life that calls us to care for one another, to love one another just as God loves us. This is a moment in time that we can continually look back to, that propels us forward and encircles us and draws us into a closer relationship with God, and because of this, a closer relationship with one another. I want to close today by inviting you to experience resurrection on Easter Sunday. We, of course, would have loved to welcome you into our physical building to gather with a number of people to celebrate in one loud voice, but that's just not the reality this year. So instead, we want to invite you into our virtual experiences of Holy Week and Easter at St. Stephen's. Through the Holy Week services and Easter Sunday, we will journey together virtually in the last days of Christ in order to connect us to resurrection once more. I invite you to follow us at our website at sslv.org virtual hyphen church, or you can find us on Facebook at St. Stephen's Longview for updates on what these experiences will look like. I want to encourage you to seek resurrection with your family. Reflect how resurrection has impacted your family in the past and how resurrection might serve you now, today, especially today. Through this, I want you to think of resurrection as an act of healing 
and a moment of empowerment. Healing in the literal sense as we are called to live into the resurrected life of Christ, a life that calls us to rise again from the grave. And in rising, we will change the world together forever.